Welcome to the Hope Unlimited Church Podcast. We are so honored to connect with you, and we pray that you will be encouraged and inspired by this week's message. This morning, I, I want to just, I want to talk to you a little bit about, um, the, the title of my message today will be fresh, will be called Fresh Consecra- Consecration, Fresh Consecration. Um, but just very quickly, I, I want to talk to you. When, when I make the statement, when I made that statement about your pastors, about Pastor Casey and Pastor Lindsay um, and the mission of this house, I don't know, and, and many of you probably do realize, there's a different sound that comes out of this house than most of the sounds in Knoxville. There's a different sound that comes out of this house. And, and when, when I hear pastors and I, and I look at uh, the vision of churches and, and, and what they're doing um, and how they're going about it, there's a, there's a sound that, that they make. And uh, there's a different sound that comes out of this house. Your pastor is not a pastor that is just going to deal, um, that, that doesn't just deal with your behavior patterns. Right. Yeah. Come on, I'm going somewhere. Just, just hang with me. If you go, man, what is it about him when he gets up here? Uh, a lot of times, man, you feel like he just cut you open and, and pulled your liver out and, uh, and sewed you back up. What, what, I, what I mean is this, is the culture of church that we live in, we're, we're bound. I, he made a statement, uh, Pastor Casey's made the statement, that, that the church is bound by the culture. And so, in a lot of ways, church this morning is bound by the culture in which we live in. But the beautiful thing about the way that he comes at you is he doesn't come at you to curb your behavior so that you look like a good citizen in Knoxville, Tennessee. Yeah. I'm telling you, the Dosses are not interested in just having people that know how to act in public. Yeah. Come on, come on. Okay? When he comes at you, he's coming at your heart. It's a Davidic type word. There's a Davidic sound that comes. Davidic means David was known to be a man after God's own heart. And the only way you can go after God's heart is if you let God go after your heart. And so when, when the word comes out and the sound comes out of this house, it's a word that comes at your heart. It doesn't come after your behavior, it comes after your heart. Y'all still with me? And so this morning, I I want you to know that you're not just sitting in a random movie theater at a random church in random Knoxville, Tennessee. What I want you to understand is, is that God has a divine moment and a divine time. There is a due season for some of you that are sitting in this house this morning. There is a due season. God says, now is the time for you. God is doing things in your life right now that he hasn't done in the past. There are things that he let slide before, but now he's not letting go by, and he keeps on putting people in your path, and you keep coming here, and there are things that are happening inside of you, and you're going, man, these things weren't happening in me in the last season, but now they are. Well, the reason why is because God is going after you so that you can go after the kingdom, because there are lost souls that are hanging in the balance. I made a statement the other day to somebody. They asked me uh, uh, something, and I made this statement. I said, I am getting too old to waste time and patty caking. I'm, I'm, I'm getting too old. Now, I'm not old, but I'm, I'm aging, okay? And as I age, I'm realizing that I don't have time to play games. Not that I was playing games before, but the stakes are a little bit higher today than what they were yesterday. 
I don't know if you came here this morning because you need a word to help shape you and change your heart, but I'm here this morning because I say, God, I want to go deeper. Because I say, God, I believe in the promises that you gave me. God, I desire that you would come at me in a way that would cause me to change my actions, to change my heart, to change my attitude, to change my behavior, not only towards you, but towards this world. Amen. Man, I done started preaching. I ain't got preaching yet. This morning, if you have your Bibles, turn with me over to Joshua. Let's just go that way. That way I can keep on moving, okay? Last time I came to you, I talked to you about kingdom identity, and I talked a little bit about, um, about the kingdom, about who we are as kingdom citizens, um, about um, uh, how you function inside the corporate body re- relative to the kingdom of God, and I kind of put all those things out there for you, and uh, so this morning, I'm going gonna, I'm, I'm gonna to make a, a turn here, and I'm going to go in another uh, direction. It'll, it'll be somewhat the same, um, because when you talk about kingdom identity, there has to be... Uh, some practicals to that that get you into the fullness of who you are. Okay, so so basically, what what happens is is you hear somebody say you're a kingdom citizen, you have kingdom authority, you have kingdom power, and then you get all pumped up and charged up about it, and then you walk out and you get smashed in the mouth come Monday morning. And you say, man, how in the world am I this when I feel like this? And so there are some practicals in our lives that if we will begin to, and if we will apply those practicals, then I'm telling you, God will do some great things because I believe that this church has a promise. There's a song that we uh, just sang here and it talks about God not giving up on the promise, that, that God has a promise for you this morning. God has a promise for this house this morning. And I'm telling you that, that God hasn't forgotten his promise nor has he grown slack in seeing the promise fulfilled in your life. And there is a promise over this house that God has spoken and he will see it come to pass. Amen. Despite of you and me, he will see the promise come to pass. I'll say that again. Despite you and me, he will see to it that the promise comes to pass. Amen. The nation of Israel, even though they didn't want to get out of slavery, once they got out of slavery, they were in the wilderness and they wanted to go back. God said, no, there is a promise that I gave to Israel and that promise will be fulfilled despite you and God went through an entire generation just so he could see the promise fulfilled. And so this morning, what I'm saying is, is that there is a promise. Now, here's the thing. I had a young man come to me the other day about, uh, he was wanting me to pray for him and he said, he told me, he said, last year when I was at the, the, uh, it, it was at the Ramp School of Ministry, he said, last year when I was at the Ramp School of Ministry, he said, everything came to me. He said, man, I'm telling you, finances were great. Everything was good. I had, you know, housing and I had this and I had that. And everywhere you turned, there were things, there was provision, there was all kinds of stuff. And he said, now I'm in my second year here and I really feel like God's still telling me this and God's still saying this. He's like, but I'm not getting the financial breakthroughs that I had. I didn't have, I don't get this and I didn't get that and I don't see this and I don't see that. And I told him, I said, you want to know what's happened? He said, what? I said, you crossed over. You crossed over. See, when you're in the wilderness in your life, see, manna falls from heaven and water comes out of a rock. Your shoes never wear out and you're just walking around like, wow, man, I'm walking around and manna's falling from heaven and water's coming out of a rock. But when you cross over that Jordan and you get into the promise of God, then you have to turn your swords into plowshares and you have to start working for it and you have to start digging for it and you have to toil in the soil a little bit so that you can see the promise of God. See, God's not going to call 
cause you to become lazy in the fulfillment of the promise because you have a part to play. You can't just sit back and expect God to drop manna from heaven all the time. There are seasons in your life where God will bring that to you, but there are times when you cross over into different seasons and levels in your life and you're going to have to get up and work for it a little bit. Oh man, I done got up in the bee's nest here. So in Joshua chapter three, I'm trying to get into my word. I'm in it, but I just ain't, I ain't there yet. In Joshua chapter three, let's get there. Let's get some scripture for all the folk that say, you got to read, you got to read the scripture. Say, pastor, you got to read the scripture. Just tell me, you got to read the scripture. All right. <clears throat> Joshua chapter three, let's start in uh, verse number one here. It says, um, early the next morning, Joshua and all of the Israelites left the Acacia Grove. Everybody say Acacia Grove. Acacia Grove, and arrived at the banks of the Jordan River where they camped before crossing. Three days later, the Israelites' uh, officers went through the camp giving these instructions to the people. When you see the Levite priest carry the Ark of the Covenant of the Lord of your God, move out from your positions and follow them. Since you have never traveled this way before, they will guide you. Stay about a half mile behind them, keeping a clear distance between you and the ark, and make sure that you don't come any closer. And then Joshua told the people in verse five, Joshua told the people, purify yourselves. Everybody say purify. Purify. And the uh, older translations like Pastor Casey likes King James, it says consecrate. So purify yourselves for tomorrow the Lord will do great wonders among you. Now let's just take this real quick. This is just a portion of what I want to tell you this morning. I want to talk to you about consecration. But let me, let me do this. Real quick, a couple little nuggets for you. The Acacia Grove. The reason why I told you to say Acacia Grove, Acacia Grove in the scripture, whenever you see Acacia, um, that word symbolizes the humanity of Christ. The humanity of Christ. So it says that they moved from the humanity of Christ to the Jordan River. Now, we know that the water represents the spirit of God, okay? There's a, there's a crossing over. There's, a, uh, there, there's, a, uh, there's another season. There's a moving forward. It's almost like a, a boundary line that they're crossing over, and they're being led by the spirit, in the spirit, to fulfill the promise that God has for them. The thing that I would say to the church this morning, it doesn't matter which church you're preaching in, is that the church, in order to fulfill the promises that God has for it, has got to get past the humanity of Christ. Let that sink in there for a second. We've got to stop dwelling, just dwell. Now, there's nothing wrong with understanding the humanity of Christ. The humanity of Christ is the fact that he walked as a man on this earth. The humanity of Christ is that he had stomach aches just like you. The humanity of Christ is that people probably got on his nerves just like they get on yours. The humanity of Christ is is that he rebuked the disciples. The humanity of Christ is is that he had to sleep and he had to eat. The humanity of Christ is all of those natural things that he had a personality and he had jokes. You know, you, you got friends, you got jokes, you got jokes. Jesus had jokes, I'm sure, you know. There, there are all these different things. There's a humanity to him. The culture of our church tries to dumb Jesus down to just his humanity. And if we can't get past the humanity, if you don't move past the humanity of Christ in your life, then you won't see the full power of who he is. There is a deity to him. He is God in the flesh. 
okay? And he is coming back. We sang a song about how he had eyes of fire, okay? The scripture tells us that he has eyes of fire. His feet are like bronze, okay? His hair is white like wool. Out of his mouth comes a two-edged sword. There is a deity. There is a might. There is a power. There is an authority. There is, there is just this, there is this ability that he has that no one has ever fully seen, okay? So whenever we bring Christ down into our nine to five grocery list life and we think that he can't help us overcome or he can't overcome, he has already overcome. And we have to understand that we've got to move past his humanity and we've got to get to his deity. But the only way that you'll get to that place is if you begin to consecrate yourself on another level. So that's the point that I want to get to. See, this is a typology of Christ here. So they moved from Christ's humanity. Jesus walked amongst the earth with the Israelites, and then he died. Then three days later, he rose from the grave. So they moved from Christ's humanity, the acacia grove, to the river. Three days they stayed there. Christ was in the grave for three, three days. They were led by the Spirit, which is the Ark of the Covenant, across the Jordan River. Okay, so they go across the Jordan, led by the Spirit of God, after the third day, after Christ rose again, and then they saw him in his fullness, okay? So when they came across into the promised land, this is a typology of Christ living amongst Israel, dying for three days in the grave, and then rising again and leading them into a promise that had been promised by the Father. This is a typology of Christ when you read the scripture. Okay, so here it says that Joshua went about and he told the people, purify yourselves or consecrate yourselves. This morning, the word consecration means to set apart or to declare holy. So he's telling them to set themselves apart, to declare themselves holy. And so he's telling them to take an account. This is a personal thing to take account into account everything that you have in your life this morning. As you sit here in these seats this morning, what I'm asking you to do is allow the spirit of God to take an account of everything in your life that you have this morning. Everything that you allow in the windows of your soul, through your eyes, everything that you let out of your mouth, everything that you let into your heart. This morning, God is saying to us, he's saying this, he's saying, consecrate yourselves. Because I believe, watch this, I believe that this house has a promise and that it's going to another level. I believe that God is trying to get you from here to here. And you're asking yourself, why have we not moved from here to here? And God's saying, the reason why you haven't moved from here to here has not got nothing to do with me. It's got everything to do with you. God's saying, what are you willing to let go of in this season to see the promise that I have for you? What has God said to you this morning? What has God promised you this morning and what are you holding on to because if you're holding on to something you're telling God that it's more important that I have this than the promise that you've given me and so I believe this morning that God is saying consecrate yourselves you know what they would do when 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 the leader would go throughout the camp and he'd say consecrate yourself what he what they would do is they would go around in and they would look at all the things that they've collected in their life they would, they would assess all their goods. They would assess their living uh, places. They would assess all these different things. Watch this. And then they would burn it. They would burn it. Or they would offer it as an offering. 
So they would either burn it or they would offer it as an offering. They considered it dead. They let it go. They said, it's no longer mine. This was great in this season, but it's no longer mine. How many of you have relationships that you need to let go of? Come on, come on. You don't, we don't want to talk about that. How many of you still hanging out with Boo Boo and Chunky? Oh, see, man, y'all, come on now. Let's get real. Let's get real. Do you want this thing or not? Amen. So, so there are some people that you're going to have to let go of. There are some things that you're doing that you're going to have to let go of. You need to stop waiting on Pastor Casey to preach about what you need to let go of. And you need to start asking God, what is it I need to let go of? And then when he gets up here and preaches and he says, you need to let go, then, he, then you say, Pastor, I'm there. I didn't cut that thing off. I didn't let it go. I know exactly what you're talking about. So you wouldn't be sitting here. We wouldn't sit here and go, oh, my goodness, man. He just punched me in the kidney. You'd be saying, yes, Lord. Amen. And so God is calling us, I believe, in order for you to enter into the promises that God has called for you in this house. You say, man, how big, how big of a deal is it? I'm going to tell you how big of a deal it is. If you move forward in the scripture here, there was one man named Akon, and he took something that was not, that God said, burn everything, don't keep it, when they destroyed it. And Akon took one thing. One thing, and it says that he hid it under a rug in his tent, and it caused the entire nation to lose the next battle. There might be people that are tied to you that because you want to hide things under your rug, that they can't get the freedom through and victory that they need because you won't let go of something in your life. What good is it anyway? You got to hide it under the rug. It ain't no good. You might as well just let it go. And so I won't even go in here now, I'm meddling. But, but here, here's, here's the thing. There, when, when God says consecrate, you don't just go, man, that was a good word. What you need to do is you need to take an assessment of everything going on in your life and say, all right, God, I'm going to do this. God, are you saying this? Holy Spirit will lead you. I'm telling you, there are some of you sitting here right now, Holy Spirit's telling you, you need to let that joker go. Some of y'all ladies just need to let that joker go. All right? Just let it go. Just let it go. And, and if you'll do that, I'm telling you, you might miss it. You might be feel like something's missing for a minute. God will fill that gap. Whatever it is that you got to let go of, God will fill that gap. He'll fill it up. I'm telling you, he'll fill it up. Now, so, so you just got to be willing to let go of it. So let me move you real quick. If you, uh, if you would, turn over to Joshua chapter 5. I'm moving on. Joshua chapter 5, okay? Um, let, me, let me share this real quick. There, there is a, there's a story about consecration in Scripture that uh, in the New Testament with Jesus. And I'm just going to allude to this real quick. In Matthew chapter 19, uh, there was a, uh, there's a rich young ruler. How many have heard that story about the rich young ruler? Okay, let's talk about that real quick, and then I'm going to move, okay? Real quick, the rich young ruler, he came to Jesus. He says, good teacher. And then Jesus already slapped him in the mouth, says, there's only one good, Right? So he's just, man, he already told the boy, he put him right on front street right there. You don't even know who you're talking to, brother. So he says, there's only one good. But then watch this. He goes, what must I do to inherit eternal life? And then Jesus says this. Jesus says, you have to do this, this, and this. Don't commit adultery. You know, you, you know I mean, he just goes through a, uh, the list of, you know, don't kill anybody. I mean, my goodness, don't kill nobody, this, that, and the other. And then the young man says, I've done all of that. So Jesus is saying, okay, you want to get from here to the kingdom, okay? He says, sell everything that you got. You know what he's telling him? 
Consecrate yourself. Purify yourself. Get rid of everything that you got going on around you that makes you comfortable and come and follow me. And it says that the rich young man had to walk away with his head hung down because he was not willing to get rid of or to let go of the things in this life. And then Jesus, watch, Jesus goes on to say this. He says that he turns and looks at his disciples. He says, I tell you that it's harder for a rich man to enter into the kingdom of heaven than it is for an, a camel to pass through the eye of a needle. Okay, watch this. We have taken that, that scripture, and we've used that in holiness realms to say that we need to be poor. And we've preached against prosperity with that. Okay. We're to be poor in spirit. Okay. We're to be broken and humble, contrite in heart before the Lord. But what, what, he, what he's saying there is this, is once you have become so saturated with this world, it's hard for you to let it go. Once you've become so saturated with the things of this world, once you entangle yourself with all the things of this world, you become so rich with this world. You ever ate a rich chocolate cake? Oh, it didn't have money coming out of it, but it was rich. It was saturated, man. Cocoa, baby, chocolate. Ah! It was rich. So, so what, I, what I'm saying to you is this, is that when he's making that statement, he's telling you to let go of the things of this world. Don't, don't, don't allow the richness of this world to become the thing that hinders you from becoming the man or the woman of God that God created you to be in his kingdom, amen? So now, amen. Let's go to, uh, to Joshua chapter five, verse two through eight. I'm gonna move through this thing here. At, at that time, the Lord told Joshua, make flint knives and circumcise. Oh, Lord Jesus, he went from consecrating to cutting yourself. So he says, they cross over, and it says, at that time, the Lord told Joshua, make flint knives and circumcise this second generation of Israelites. So Joshua made flint knives and circumcised the entire male population of Israel uh, at Gibeath Haraloth. Haraloth, yes, praise the Lord. We thank you, Lord, for hard words. Joshua had to circumcise them because all the men who were old enough to fight in battle when they left Egypt had died in the wilderness. Those who left Egypt had all been circumcised, but none of those born uh, after the exodus during the years in the wilderness had been circumcised. And so here's, here's the thing that I'm just going to stop right there. I'll keep on going. I'll get fired up and then I'll be off on another rabbit trail. Here's the thing. You consecrate yourself and then when you cross over, there, there's a circumcision that needs to take place in your life. There's a cutting away of the flesh. There, see, circumcision, a lot of times, you know, we go, well, that's just for men. I'm telling you, the, the scripture tells us in Romans chapter two, when Paul's talking to the, to the Jews in Rome, he says, he's, he says, what makes a Jew right with God? And he says, it isn't because you went through the rite of circumcision. He says, and then he goes down to say, true circumcision is when God changes your heart. And so when you cut things away in your life, you're going to cross over into some of the promises that God has for you, and, and you're going to stay at a place called Gilgal, and Gilgal, Gilgal means to roll away. And so God's going to roll away some things in your life. God's going to, you know, the whole stone rolled away and all these things, but let me move, let me move into circumcision. There comes a time in your life when you've got to cut some stuff off of you. Watch this. There has to be some things cut off of you. I thank God that we don't live under the old law. You know why? Because Pastor Casey would be up here circumcising your kids. Yeah. Woo! I don't know how good he is with a knife, Pastor Lindsay, but he'd be, he'd be circumcising kids, all right? Because back in the day, the priest 
would circumcise the kids. The, the leader would circumcise um, uh, the kids. So Joshua took a flint knife and he circumcised all the male, the second generation, the male generation, he circumcised all of them. The thing that I'm gonna tell you this morning, watch this. Holy Spirit leads you and guides you. There's some folk in your life that you need to allow them to cut on you. So watch, watch this, watch this, watch this. The pastor helps circumcise you. So this morning, when, when, or, or every morning when Pastor Casey's up here or whenever he's speaking to you, guess what he's doing? He's cutting flesh off of you. He's cutting flesh off you. He's cutting flesh off you. And some of you, you've, you've never been to a, play, uh, to a church or had a pastor like this, and he's cutting flesh off you. And you're like, what's wrong with him? Is he mad? Is he crazy? What's wrong? He's screaming. He's hollering. I'm telling you something. He's cutting the flesh off of you. He's cutting the flesh off of the personal areas of your life. We all need it. Watch. And the only way that you will walk in the fullness that God's called you into is if you will allow God to circumcise areas of your life, to cut the nasty flesh off of you that's been hanging on you all of your life so that you can walk in the fullness of who he called and created you to be. Circumcision. Circumcise. So consecrate set apart, ordain, set apart, and then you move over into fulfilling a promise before you go to your first battle and God says, all right, I want you to cut them all up. I want you to circumcise them. I want them to know that they are mine and I want to know that I am theirs. Circumcision, cutting away in personal areas. There are things about your life. See, the beautiful thing about spiritual circumcision is this, is that I can stand up here and I can preach a message for 35, 40 minutes. See, I just try to get five extra minutes if y'all didn't figure that out. I can stand up here and preach for 35, 40 minutes and I can preach straight at you and not single one of you out, but, I can, but through the spirit of God, I can circumcise every one of you this morning. Why? Because I'm not doing it. The spirit of God is. See, God's cutting on you this morning. And I don't even know you. You say, how do you know God's real? When you can sit in a sermon in a movie theater and a, and a crazy preacher can get up and spit all over a TV screen here and, and just holler and whatever and, and things happen inside of your heart and you know that you got to change. That's how you know. And so God this morning is circumcising our hearts. He's circumcising our lives. Now, let me, let me move on to my last point here, and then I'm going I'm to get out y'all's way. All right, and so in Joshua chapter 1, verse 12, uh, let's start in verse 12 there. Joshua chapter 1, uh, verse number 12. These guys, this, so I went from, okay, they moved from the Acacia Grove, they crossed over into the promised land, Joshua circumcised them, and then if you continue to read the story, we know that they went on to Jericho and they defeated Jericho and <clears throat> all that good stuff. Well, now what I've done is I'm taking you all the way back around to Joshua chapter one. I'm taking you all the way back around to Joshua chapter one because there's a point in there that I want to catch on the back end of this thing. So I talked to you about consecration. I briefly hit circumcision. Let me hit you with this one, okay? Verse number 12, it says this. Then Joshua called together the tribes of Reuben, Gad, and half the tribe of Manasseh. And he told them, 
Remember what Moses, the servant of the Lord, commanded you. The Lord your God is giving you a place of rest. He has given you this land. Your wives, your children, and livestock may remain here in the land Moses assigned to you on the east side of the Jordan River. But your strong warriors, fully armed, must lead the other tribes across the Jordan to help them conquer their territory. Stay with them until the Lord gives them rest as he has given you rest and until they too possess the land the Lord your God is giving them. Only then may you return and settle here on the east side of the Jordan River in the land that Moses, the servant of the Lord, assigned you. <clears throat> so this morning, what I'm saying to you is this. Hold on, let me take a drink of water. That's what I'm saying. Ah, oh, that's some good stuff. This morning, what I'm saying is this, is maybe you've known the Lord for a while. I came back to the Lord. I was, I, man, I was crazy hellion, and, and I came back to the Lord um, you know, about 21, 22 years old, about the years that you would probably start getting buck wild, right? That was about the time I had already done my thing and, and, uh, cause I was a little bit crazier, um, early on. And, and so I, the Lord really convicted me and I came back to the Lord and, and I began to, to, uh, to, to see what God had for my life. And I'm still discovering that. Well, watch this. It's been, it's been over 20 years that I've been serving the Lord and I haven't settled. I'm not satisfied with where I am. There's still a lot for me to know. There's a lot for me to learn. I, you know, I get around pastors and I listen to them. And, and, and I hear what they're saying. I get around people like Pastor Casey and I'm listening to them. I get around people who've been in ministry and I listen to them. I, I get around older folk that have served God for years and I listen to them because there's something that they know that I don't know. And I want to know God on a greater level. And so the, the thing, watch this. It says that Joshua called Reuben. Reuben means behold a son. There are some of you that have birthed, birthed some children. You say, well, you know what? I did a lot of ministry before I had kids. There are some of you then here that you have spiritual sons, spiritual daughters maybe. And you say, well, I've got spiritual sons and daughters. I kind of done my thing, you know? So I'm just gonna settle down here a little bit. And then the next one is Gad. Gad means success and happiness. Maybe, maybe you feel comfortable with where you are today because you've got a good job, you've got a great home, you've got a good family, you've got all these great things, and you're just like, man, I'm kind of happy with that. I, I, you know, when, when I, I went through a season of my life here recently where I come out of ministry for a while, and, and you know, I started doing the, the whole secular workforce thing. I came out of ministry, so I'm doing, you know, work, and I, next thing you know, man, they got me, now I'm running a plant, um, and, and I'm, you know, I'm comfortable with my life and where I am, my family. You know, people would say, well, why don't you just settle down right there? Aren't you happy with that? And I'm like, no, I'm not. I'm very disgruntled with where I am because I know that there's more inside of me than this. There is more inside of me than what I see. And I'm not going to relent until I get to that place. I am not happy. Happiness is a feeling. So you say, you're not happy. Are you mad? No, I'm, I'm happy, happy, but I'm not happy in the spirit. Does that make sense? In, in the spirit, I'm warring. 
In the spirit, I'm passionate. In the spirit, I'm desiring more of God. In the spirit, I'm saying, God, I'm going after you. And so in, in, in this, the, Josh, what, who I'm talking to today is I'm talking to you that maybe have kids that you feel like, ah, I need to settle down. I'm talking to you this morning. And you say, you know what? I've got a good job and I've got a wife and I've got kids and I've got a nice house and I can run this thing out until the day that I die. And I'm telling you, eh, wrong answer. Don't stop there. Don't settle there. And then there are some of you that are here today and you're Manasseh and watch this. It says, God causes you to forget. There are some of you that are in here, maybe you used to be an alcoholic. Maybe you used to be a drug addict. Maybe you used to be an adulterer. Maybe you used to be this. Maybe you used to be something that people labeled you with sin. And maybe God has caused you to forget that this morning. Maybe you say, I don't label myself as that anymore. Maybe I'm not this. Maybe I'm not that. I will tell you, that's beautiful that you're not that. But don't forget where God brought you from. Do not forget who God uh, brought you to, who you were, and who you are now. Because watch this. If you forget, there are people that are still trying to get to their promises. There are people that are sitting in here this morning, and if you sit back on your haunches and just just cross your arms and lay back in the chair and catch this 10 o'clock to 11, 30, 12, whatever meeting on Sunday mornings and just go home and not do anything about it, I'm going to tell you that there are people that their blood is on your hands because you refuse to get up and fight for them. Joshua said, you've got to take your warriors and you've got to go across. Why? Because you know what it means to settle. You know what it means to have your own place. You know what it means to have your house and to have all these things. And there are people that do not know. Worship team, you can come. And if you're not willing to go, then who will not know him? When I see these serve days, I get fired up. Brandon said something about serve days. I want to get out of that chair and just run right through that screen. I get fired up on that stuff because I'm going to tell you, there's nothing like looking at someone in the eyes that's lost and knowing the one that will help them find themselves. There's nothing like serving someone. I'm telling you, I've done a lot of things in my life, but there's one thing that never gets old and that's serving people. Because in serving people, I know that I'm fulfilling the mandate of the kingdom of God. It's nothing like it. Nothing like it. Say, well, man, I don't know. Am I going to go down there and do this or that? I'm going to catch something or get something. Man, I'm going to tell you what. If you're worried about that, where's your faith? Amen. Let's all stand so I'll shut up. This morning, I want to... I want to challenge you this morning. I'm going to challenge you, number one, take an assessment. Consecrate yourself. Consecrate your life. If that's you this morning, there'll be an altar call here in just a little bit, and you need agreement with someone, I want you to take that opportunity to do that. Circumcision. I'm going to tell you what, he doesn't circumcise your kids, but you got probably one of the greatest circumcisers of this generation that stands in this pulpit on Sunday mornings. I'm going to say that again. I don't don't know if you realize the man of God that you have that is your pastor. I think you rub elbows with him a lot and and it probably just don't, you don't, I've I've known a lot of men of God, okay? I've traveled a lot, I've preached in a lot of places, 
But I'm going to tell you, this man that you have that stands in this pulpit, he burns. He burns for souls. He burns to see hearts and lives changed. And he, watch, at his own comfortability, he will, he will cause you to become uncomfortable. Past what he, you, you catching what I'm saying? It's not easy to stand up here and do this. If it was, well, there are a lot of people that think they do and they only last about 10 months or so. They don't last. It's not easy to stand up and be convicted by the Holy Spirit to lead and convict others. It, it's, it's not easy. And most people take the easy road. This man of God that stands in this pulpit doesn't take the easy road. He brings the flint knife out, knife out every time he's with you. And he begins to cut on everybody's flesh. He's cutting on his own. So just, just love on it. Just love it. Embrace it. Amen. <laughs> Amen. It's going to make you better. Okay. And then the last thing I'd encourage you with this is don't settle for where you're at. There are others that are counting on you. Amen. They're counting on you to help them get into their promise. Amen. Thank you for listening to this week's message. If you enjoyed this podcast and would like to give, please visit hopeunlimited.church give. To stay connected, follow us on Facebook and Instagram at Hope Unlimited Church.